Welcome to the Holy City Church podcast station. This is Pastor Angel. If you missed Sunday's sermon or want to listen to it again, you're in the right place. We're glad that you can take the time to catch up as we go through God's Word together. So I hope you're ready. But if you're not, grab your Bible. Let's get ready for what God has in store for us today. Join me in reading Matthew's chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 19 to 34. And as you find Matthew 6, 19 to 34, go ahead and rise with me and we'll read it together. And it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroys and where, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eyes is the lamp of the body. So if your eyes is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is you, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be uh, devoted to the one and despite the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What will you eat or what will you drink? Nor about your body, what would you put on? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value? Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and neither toil or nor spin? Yet I tell you, even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much clothe you, all you little faith? Therefore, do not be ancient, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be ancient about tomorrow. For tomorrow be ancient for itself. Sufficient for the day, it is, is, it is own trouble. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for, for these words that you something that we should be aiming for to live as believers, Lord. Now we take these words, Father, that you are about to give us, Lord, and we ask that you be the one to speak and not me, Lord. And I pray that you can open all of our hearts and our minds to understand, even if it's hard, Lord. We pray that you continue to work in us and these words can penetrate deep inside of us. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share a quick story uh, about my family and I. And the reason I want to do that, I usually don't share stories because most of you probably don't really come here to listen to my stories, uh, my personal life stories. They're not that interesting anyways. But uh, I do want to share a little bit because uh, as you can see this this is one of those 
sermons, one of those verses that, you know, it can be very difficult to talk about. You know, and it can become something, as people like to say, very judgmental or, or he, this, is, this guy's going to tell me how to live my life or something like that. But I, ha- but, but I want to share because right as I read this and as I pray and as I study, these verses here are very, com- happened to me first. I was convicted hard with these verses. So therefore, when I'm saying this, I want you to understand why is it that I can stand up here and preach this to you. I've been married about 11 years. It's actually today is 11 years. This is my wife's and I's anniversary. It's been 11 years already. Long time, I know. That's uh, tough, but it's 11 years. But as we came together as a family, me and and her, we brought something to this relationship that was very common between me and uh, her and I, is that we love to spend money. We love to buy stuff. And when I mean about buying stuff, I mean all types of stuff. And the more stuff we bought, <coughs> the better we felt. Everything we bought made us kind of feel, you know, proud and successful. Look at what we bought today. Even if it was just the smallest thing. We grew up not having spent more time in this country than she did, but we both came from very poor uh, family. So not having much uh, as we you know, came into the relationship after we paid the, our, our bills, everything that was left over was to buy stuff. Let's just go and buy stuff. You know, we were trying to make up for this emptiness that we had as we grew up as kids that didn't have much. Now we're adults. We got jobs. We paid our bills, and then we got a few, few bucks left over. Let's just spend it on stuff. Why not, right? There were even times where I would go on Amazon and just buy random small things a lot of small things, and just keep them there. I would say, uh, you know, let me just buy this just in case I'm going to need it for the future, right? I used to fix computers back in the days when, when I was younger and had more energy. Uh, so every time I see something cool, oh, I got to have this just in case one day somebody wants me to do something with their computer. I already have it. I don't need to worry about it. So I would just gather stuff. I mean, you add to cart. Prime shipping, add to cart. I'll get it the next day or in two days. So it was very easy. We would spend so much that we even plan on working more so we can have more funds so we can spend more. And, and my wife is very smart. Don't tell her I said this, but she's very smart. So what we did was we would invest in her education and we would pour money on her education because she, um, let me tell you, when she can't pick up something, she can't pick it up. She would test and get all answers perfectly. I can't test and get one correct. But she would test and get everything. So we said, let's invest in your career. Let's grow your career so you can make more money, so we can have more money to spend on more things. Because that's what we wanted, right? This was because our idea of feeling better about all the work that we put in was based on what we were buying. I have to tell you that even I love to go to the mall. I will be at the mall all the time. I was not once that my wife would go to the mall, I wouldn't go with her because I would spend just as much as she would spend. It wasn't just her. It wasn't just me. Uh, 
It may not have been shoes or, or something specific, but it was something. And we just needed the money. We wanted to work hard because the more we have, the more we can buy. And God's mercy through you know, words like this that we just read, it, shows, it showed us, her and I, with these words, that we had a big problem. We had a massive, expensive problem. Because the more we had, the more we wanted. So when I see and I read these things that Jesus is just speaking because I've been through this, I've read this, I live, this, this, this verses live on my wall so I don't forget what is it that I came from. The last five years or so, by God's grace, We've been working through changing some of these desires. God is changing these desires in us. I'm not saying we're there perfectly already. We've had a lot of setbacks. You know, we, we've had times where we kind of give in to those compulsion purchases that we just make of or just buy stuff without thinking twice about it. We've done that a few times already. We've even gone to the point where we went to the opposite, the other extreme, which was we spent most of that last year not buying anything, period. And hoarding all the money that we would get. Just don't spend it. Put it there. Don't do nothing with it. You know, we went to two extremes. So it hasn't been easy. We're, we're working on it. I think God's doing an amazing job. Uh, I got to say, wow, man, we, we, were, we were spending a lot. So, but as God works in us, finding this balance, we, we look at those words and we find conviction. We find conviction in what Jesus is saying because it is happening to us. And we're not the only ones. This is not a problem that only we're having. This wasn't just a pious issue. This is an issue that's happening all around the country. All around the world. We're not just the only country that has the ability to make money and live luxuriously, right? We, but we do live in that country where we have this thing called the American dream, right? What is the American dream? Is that you could work hard and have whatever you want. If you work hard enough, you can obtain what you want. So work hard. You can have anything. But sometimes this dream seems to be like a never-ending nightmare where once we have reached our goal, we now set a different goal that's higher than the one we have. And somehow, we're like, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Next, more. We need more. What's more? What's the next step? It's always more. It's a never-ending process. And when we live in a country that's built this way, that's built on that idea, it's really easy to fall into the idea that we need to gather and gather, and we need to have and we need to obtain more. And the more we obtain the more okay we are. I was looking at some statistics, right? And according to the Federal Reserve, a total consumer debt uh, equal to $4.144 trillion in the, quarter in, in the third quarter of 2019. That's a lot of money. It's $4 trillion in consumer debt itself, right? The average Consumer debt per capita, it's approximately $12,687. It's 
One in 10 adults says they carry a credit card balance of over $5,000. Student loans totaled $1.6 trillion in September 2019. I have a big chunk of that, by the way, because even that, man, I did not remember. I read that there's, that we, uh, there's about 80 to 90% of people who shop today that occasionally make impulses uh, purchases. They just show up, they just buy. Without thinking, without doing it, just go and just buy. And these are just a few of the scary statistics, and, and, and they're pretty scary because I know most of us probably fit in one of all of them. I personally fit in many of these. I'm not proud of that. You know, we're working on that because we did not know any better. But I don't care how you want to put it and which side we want to sit in, which political view you have. doesn't matter. I don't care. This is a problem. This is a well-known problem. You can't hide from this problem. We all have some kind of little bit of that problem in us. And some of us even greater than just a little. And here's the thing that I've said many times. If you have this conversation with me, this is not the way Christ intended us to lean and grab and, and, and just live and fill our lives with things. That's not what Christ is calling us to. We're not called to live on our selfish desires. And you can see that with what Jesus just said. Everything he just said in this section has exactly to do with that. And this is not something I'm making up just so you can join my new lifestyle cult, right? Where, you know, there's this now thing on, I don't know if you watch on Netflix, right? It's called The Minimalist. I've seen it. I think Rafa has, has shared it with us. Uh, we've seen it. It's about living the, with the minimalist possible. I'm not trying you to join my cult now. Hey, let's all be minimalist and let's all not have anything. No, no, that's not. I don't, I don't care about that. That's not, this is not about this. But I'm asking you to listen and hear the warnings that Jesus has in regards to those things. And he has a few warnings for us. Starts off in Matthew 6, chapter 19, where he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. And there's many reasons why it's very easy. But among those many common reasons, you have panic. The reason we fall into this uh, idea of just storing treasures for yourself is because we panic. We tend to panic. I remember one of the debates, uh, Mr. Biden said, Americans don't panic. And then why was there no toilet paper in the store? We don't panic, but when I would do groceries, there was a lot of meat that was in there. It was empty. I don't know if you remember that. There was no toilet paper anywhere. So yes, we panic. So what do we do when we panic? We grab, we buy, we take, we come, we, right? Another reason that we fall into this is because we want to have a sense of security. You know, we save every penny that we have for what? So one day we retire. That way we don't have to worry about anything. If we retire with enough money, we're going to be fine. Right, because we need all the money so we can retire. Lastly, we 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 have we fall into this because we want to have this sense of fulfillment, right? 
we think that as we get, we're better. As we buy, that means we have a better job, means we have a good career because we can buy, we can buy, so therefore we feel the sense of these blessings. God's blessed me because I have tons of stuff in my house or in storage because it doesn't fit in my house. And I've come to a realization during this pandemic that people would just gather for themselves as much as they can possibly can. And many times it's just to calm their conscience. We knew grocery stores weren't going to close down. But we went and got it anyways. I did. I'm not, okay, I did it. Because I had that conscience issues where it's like, am I going to? Am I going to have? Um, and because of this, we have to understand that Jesus is saying, we have to understand what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying here is that we do not gather for ourselves treasures on earth. So in other words, it's not wrong to have something. I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the grocery store and prepare for a hurricane. If you're not, because you can or because you think it's not smart, please reconsider that you should prepare yourself. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what Jesus is saying. It's not wrong to have something. It's not wrong to have something of value. It's not wrong to have money. But what's wrong is always wanting more and more for yourself. You always want more money. You want more valuables. You want more food. Give me more. Give me more for yourself. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have food. I would like to have food in my fridge. I would like to my fridge to have food so I can feed, you know, my family and and whoever's coming. So the idea is not that we, we want to own, you know, we want to own a nice, comfortable pair of shoes, right? Who doesn't? I, you know, if you can't afford it or whatever money you have, buy the most comfortable pair of shoes. It helps with your back. It helps you feel better physically. So I'm not saying it's wrong to have a nice pair of shoes. But what we want is many pairs of shoes that are very nice and very comfortable. And when we see our neighbor with that nice, new, cool shoe, we want it too, so we got to go buy it, right? It's not that it's, it's wrong to want to have toilet paper or paper towel. It's that we want to grab all the paper towel that's in the store for ourselves. You know, if you're telling me, look, I'm going to grab all the paper towels because I know my neighbors can't really get to it. And I know they're going to ask me for it, so I'd rather have it. Okay, that's one thing. But the, you got to understand, this is not what people were doing. They were like, for some reason, I'm going to go to the bathroom a lot, so I need tons of paper towel and toilet paper. So we, we have this idea that if, even if we don't really need it, we just, we just need to have it just in case. No value. There's nothing in this physical world that has any value that you say, this is forever. Because it's not. You can say, well, gold is valuable. Yeah, but when you die... Ain't God going nowhere. The gold's going to stay right here. So there's nothing in this world that actually has any real value. Everything is all temporary value. Everything you buy, no matter how expensive, it is ultimately means nothing at the end of your life. At the end of your life, nothing that you have, nothing that you own is worth nothing. Absolutely nothing. My house would play this, this game called Life. I don't know if you ever played it. Old school game called Life. Right? My, somebody gave it to my daughter. I was like, wow, I haven't played this forever. Let's, she likes board games for some reason. So we play Life, right? What's the point of Life? 
is that you gather awesome jobs, you land on all the right places, get the amount of money, get the houses, get everything, and at the end, if you made it first, you get a bonus, but you got to wait till everybody's done. So even if you're last place, but you've managed to gather everything, even if you were first place, the winner was still whoever gathered the most. That should not be our desire. That is not how we live this life. That's not real life. Okay, that's not what Christ is saying life is. We shouldn't dedicate our lives continually to increase our, our earthly treasure. I read about a survey done many years. It was a few, a few years ago, okay? So it's not very recent. But people were asked, how much money would they need to make in their job in order for them to feel like they have the American dream? So they were asked that question. How much money would you need to make to feel like you have the American dream? And those who were making $25,000 or less, they thought that if they were have $54,000, they would be living the American dream. So double, right? Those who were making $50,000 felt like they needed $100,000 to feel like living the American dream. And if you notice, it kind of doubles. It's like a never-ending process. When you make it to 54, you're going to be like, no, I think I need 100. When you make it to 100, no, I think I need 200. Now, when I make 200, that's when I'll be good. When you make it 200, no, no, I, I need that 400. And it's a never-ending process. There's no end in sight. If we're not careful, the more we have, the more we're going to want. After pulling out hidden boxes. That's right. <laughs> Again, it's not wrong to have something of value. The problem is that when we lay it up for ourselves, that's where the problem is. That's when we just want it all for ourselves. Let's give me more, give me more, give me more. It's not that you want a good job. Who doesn't? There's nothing wrong with that. You work hard. God's called you to work hard. So yeah, if you work hard, you're going to have a good job. I've never seen somebody who works hard and still has. The problem is when we continue to just want and want more to ourselves. In Luke, we hear a parable of the rich fool. I don't know if you ever heard of that parable. I'm not going to read it. There's this farmer who has been blessed with abundance. He had a great harvest. Gathered everything, stored it. And when he says, hmm, I ran out of space. What should I do? I have no more space to put away everything that I have. So he tears down everything and he rebuilds bigger so he can store more for himself. And he says, I'm going to continue to store all of this. That way I can just live life. I'm going to have all this. I'm going to be secure. I'm going to have everything I need. So I'm going to store it for myself. Then God says to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what? What's the point? Why did you store so much for yourself if today was the day for you to come here? That's just going to rot. I haven't seen once any funeral where whoever passed away has taken all their valuables with them. I never once seen a hearse driving by with a pickup truck or not a pickup truck, one of those uh, trailers all those U-Haul trailers full of all their money and all their... No, we're just taking it so we can bury it with him so he can take it up to wherever he's going. 
So instead of hoarding everything for yourself, Jesus says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So basically, don't be rich by the worldly standard. Be rich by God's standard. That's where the richness really comes from. His standards. Because heavenly treasures are everlasting and they don't corrupt. When you store heavenly treasures, when your rewards are in heaven, there's no one that's going to take that away from you. When God rewards And at the end of it all, building for the kingdom is where we're going to find real contentment. When we work for the kingdom of God, when we pour everything we have on the kingdom of God, you're going to see you're going to find contentment in yourself. And let me tell you all, a believer, anyone who's a believer, is going to give. Because they believe, they understand what Christ is asking from them. They're going to give. They're not going to expect anything in return. And then when God rewards them, they're going to continue to give even more. Because they understand what Christ is saying. And that goes with everything. That goes with money. That goes with your time. That goes with your food, your belongings. Whatever it is that God has blessed you with, that has given you, you're going to say, I want more of it for myself. You're going to put that to use for the kingdom of God. Whatever it is. If it's your time. You're going to put your time for the kingdom of God. If he's giving you money, or he's going to put your money for the thing. Of course, we've got to pay light bills. Of course, we've got to pay for this. If it was for free, I wouldn't. We're like, please, don't give. Don't. We've got to pay, right? We gather here so we can learn, right? But it's not just limited to this. Remember, we've talked about being, you know, salt and light. Salt and light's outside, right? That's the kingdom. Where we build the kingdom is outside. So whatever is your time, your food, whatever it is. So it leads me to the second warning. And the rest are going to go a little bit quicker. So I'm like, oh, wow, we're going to be here forever. Yeah, we're, we're, they're shorter, right? They're shorter to, to look at. Verse 21, right? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So whether, so whatever it is that you have, in, you, you're investing all your hard work is, that's how right, your heart's going to be. And do it fully, all you know. Sometimes when your heart is not really into it, you don't really do it, right? So your treasure cannot be on the earthly things while you know having your heart set on things of heaven. Can't. If your treasure is here, if you're storing up treasures here, your heart's going to be there. And I know this is something that's hard to swallow because we don't want it to be true. We want to kind of do both, right? But this is Jesus saying it. I'm not saying it. And I have to clarify, it's not about, you know, it's not only about your money or, or, or your valuables, right? This really comes down to, when you look at everything, it really comes down to your loyalty. Who are you being loyal to? Are you putting God first before anything you own? Before you make the next purchase? Before you give the next offering or donation? Before you buy the next grocery, is God first in your life or is God only there to receive whatever's leftovers? Because you're like, I got food enough. I'm going to go buy food. Let me give it to somebody who needs it. That's a mind thinking of godly things. So where's your heart? Is your heart set on the things of Christ or is it set on the things of this world? 
And there are many like that young rich ruler, right, who said he didn't violate any of the commandments. I followed every commandment when Christ told them, sell everything you got and follow me. He said, "Mm mm-mm. His heart was on those things that he had. It's valuable. And there are many people who these days, they say they love God. I love God. I love God with all my heart. But they're not willing to give up those valuable things to follow him. Then he warns us and he says, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if there's eyes, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is going to be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how, now how great is that darkness? I think desire. If you're spending so much time looking at violence, eventually your heart's going to desire violence. If you're spending your whole time watching porn, eventually you're going to desire sexual immorality. That's, we all can agree on that. And I know some may say, oh, no, not really. Uh, yeah, I mean, give it time. Even David in Psalms 101, uh, chapter 101, verse 3 says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. So what Jesus says is that we have two options. We could be first full of light, which means we seek that of Christ. We seek out his kingdom. Our eyes is, is directed at the heavenly things. We seek to be generous with whatever he has given us. We could be full of light because we're seeking the things of Christ only on the things of this world. So which options are you going to take? Either we set our focus in the kingdom of God, you know, light will be brought into our lives, right? Everything God has given us will look different. We look at the things that God gave us and we're all of a sudden going to be like, wow, I'm so happy that God has given me. Even though it's not a lot by the world's standard, it's a lot by my standard. Because now your standard is God's standard. Or you're seeking the things of this world and you're going to try to live out, you know, for two masters at the same time. And you're going to find yourself in a miserable situation. Because we all know it's hard to serve two masters. That's why he says, in the final warning, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one or love the other, and he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Ask anyone who's married. You have a boss in your job and a boss at home. You're here with the family. And you got the dilemma. Who are you going to obey? Which is your heart set on the most. You can work extra, make a couple of more money, right? A little more money. Maybe get a promotion because you're always there. But you're not giving enough time to your wife. So therefore, it's not possible. We only got so much hours in a day. You can only split your time so much. Right? One is going to ask more of you than the other because these both require hard work. Your family is going to require hard work. Your relationships are going to require hard work. But your job is going to require hard work. Which one 
are you more inclined to? I mean, look at that pressure that's going to bring, right? Stress thing out about which way, which way do we go? That's stressful. I can't live like that. You're not going to be able to serve God in money because one will require your attention more than the other. And the moment you give your attention to one more than the other, that means that you're being loyal to one more than the other. Even if it's one minute over, you just said you're one, this is worth one more minute more than the other stuff is. Again, it's not about not having money or not having valuables. It's about being content with what you have. And whatever money and valuables and time that God has provided, whatever it is that God has provided to you, God has given it to you so you can put it for work in the kingdom. And I know by now you're saying, okay, yeah, but, right? Many buts that comes with things like this. Yeah, but, you know, I know many of us, if not all of us, grew up pretty broke. I know many of your stories. I don't know anyone here that that grew up rich. You know, our parents or caregivers couldn't, couldn't provide everything you thought you wanted, right? So now we're adults. We have an opportunity to have those things we didn't have. I mean, we're also in the middle of this pandemic. And I know every single one of you in here has taken a hit. One way or another. You got sick. You couldn't do something. You got your hours cut. We all have. So, yeah, probably you're saying, yeah, but, you know, I want to make sure I have, you know, good shoes. I, wanna, I don't want to ever not have a good pair of shoes. What happened if the pandemic, I can never get to a store, my shoes wear out, all of a sudden I got no shoes, so I need five just in case. Yeah, but, but I want to make sure I, I, I have food. Hey, I'm not going to say But what Jesus says is, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what clothes you put on. Isn't not life more than just food and the body more than just clothing? He's saying our focus should not be on the things of this world because our life is more than those things. We are to be concerned with the, with the right things. We're concerned with the things of God and whatever else, management, leave that up to God. Whether you're going to have shoes or clothing, leave that up to God. Focus on the thing of Christ. I'm not saying that we shouldn't take our responsibilities as providers or stewards of what he's given us seriously. We should take that seriously. But, I'm, but what I'm saying is that you need to trust God. Because if you're working for the kingdom, you're saying, oh, I'm more worried about if I'm going to have a field and they never come back and say, oh, man, I went hungry for 15 days. They have some that struggle God provided because they trusted God. If God wants you to be alive, to do something for him, he's going to keep you alive. The moment you say, well, God doesn't need you anymore here. You know, God doesn't need any of us, but God does not, doesn't need you to do something for him anymore. 
right, or however you want to understand that, but once it's time for you to go, okay, you don't need clothing, you don't need food, you're not going to be here, so what's the point? But while he keeps you here, what makes you think he's not going to provide? That's why we can trust God. Because he made that promise. He says, if I feed the birds, and you're more valuable than the birds, I'm going to feed you. I mean, come on. If he closes the grass, which just dies and gets thrown into the fire, what makes you think he's not going to clothe you? He says, don't be anxious about what you need. Don't be anxious because as long as I have you here, I found from many different conversations I've had over the years that people become anxious because for that period of time, that moment of time, because they're so anxious because they know they're not at that moment or not trusting God. They're more focused about themselves rather than focusing on God. For that moment of time, you forgot who God was. And you're saying, I need, I need to go find what I need. I need to get what I need. When well, God's saying, I got you. And then those who, who spend most of their lives, right, and the whole life spent being anxious about everything, I've come to learn that the reason for that is because they just don't understand God. And they just don't want to have room for God. So, so it's better for them to go try to find the security in the things of this world than it is for God. And the crazy thing about it is that they actually never find security. And I like how uh, Sinclair Ferguson says, it says, the more we gather possession in order to feel secure, the more we need to guard them to maintain our security. Therefore, the less secure we are. And the more you have, the more you have to protect. It's like, uh, it's like what, what Pastor Alex tells me. I don't keep anything in my car. Anything of value in my car. So if they want to break it and steal it, whatever. Not that he's encouraging anyone to go steal it. <laughs> but there's nothing to steal. But if I put all my worth inside my car, what am I constantly doing? Did you lock the door? Did you lock the door? Yeah. Where's the car? Is it still there? What security do you really have? Only when we truly understand God and His promise can we tackle this anxiety. And look, I know we all want nice things, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting something nice. But I know many in churches have this fascination. We hear it all the time. But in reality, Jesus says that those who are blessed are those who are broken in spirit, those who mourn for their brokenness, those who are meek, those who will hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful and pure-hearted, those who are peacemakers and those who are persecuted. Those are real blessings. That's what Jesus says. That's where the blessing is because that's, when you're in that situation, all your trust and all your hope is in Christ and God alone, and that's more than anyone can give you. So you really are blessed when your trust is fully on Christ. We must set our eyes on the things of God, which means that we must focus and we must seek God and the kingdom of God first. And everything else, he says, everything else will be added to you. 
Everything else will be added to you. That's what Christ says. Focus on me and everything else will be taken care of. These are all things that he gives us. These are all gifts. We don't possess any of them. There are gifts that he's given us. So we cannot let those things that he gives us become our masters. So let's seek to build treasures in heaven. Let's seek to build the kingdom of God. Let's seek to reach out to those who need. If you're in need, let me know, of course, for you will be provided for. If we're all doing what Christ is asking us to do, we're all going to have our needs met. If we're all being selfish, there's going to be people who are not going to have because we're storing it for ourselves. So we seek to have treasures in heaven. We're made righteous through Christ. So let's, let's live our life living righteously. So when we're judged, you know, he's going to burn and trash those selfish uh, desires, those selfish deeds that you've made, right? Those good deeds, those righteous deeds that you said, well, I'm doing it for other people. We're really inside. You know, you're doing it for yourself. He's going to trash those. He's going to get rid of them. Then he's going to focus on the real righteous things that you did for him. And he says, here's the rewards for what you did. Now you can spend all eternity with those rewards. So let's keep our eyes on those things. Let's do them right. Remember, you don't forget, let's go back one sermon, right? You can find it in our podcast if you want to. You do it correctly. But when we seek the things of Christ, we're not going to have to worry about balancing. We're not going to have to worry about whether we're keeping the correct amount of time for our spouse or for our kids, for our friends and our family, and if we're spending the right amount of time for work. We're not going to have to worry about that because we're going to do it right. Because he tells us how. He tells us what we should be doing. So, therefore, let's seek Christ. Let's keep our eyes on Christ. Hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, would like to connect or listen to our library of sermons, jump right over to our website at www.holycitychurch.us. Again, we want to thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is not intended to replace your time at the church. So we hope you have a blessed week and talk to you again next week on Catch Up with Holy City Church. Mm -hmm.